I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John Cobell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. We're on the radio from 1 until 4, after 4 o'clock, whatever you miss, John Cobelt show on demand. And uh, these are the final hours that you could win $1,000 from us, all right? Today's the last day of this run of the contest. I don't know if it's coming back or not, but it's $1,000 you could win in about 15 minutes. So you better do it because uh, Monday, no contest, no freeloading, no giveaway. Get a job. Uh, let's, uh, talk about, I'm, I'm, I'm in suspicious mode. I'm always in suspicious mode, but, uh, my antenna is up. I hear the alarm bells because there is now a lot of buzz about, uh, the ridiculous amount of crime that we're dealing with here in California. We've got uh, the DA's race in LA County, which is going to be pivotal. Most important, you vote on one thing. It's the DA's race in L.A. County, all right? No George Gascon. And uh, no Jeff Shemarinsky either. He's, he's another one. He's a mini Gascon. Uh, now, we'll, we'll, we'll talk next week about uh, the ones who uh, are, that you should vote for and are most likely to win, which is the most important thing. Now, there's, there's obviously a movement to repeal Prop 47 or do, give it a major revision. And that's why we're doing the show at the Honda Center in the parking lot on Thursday. And you know it must be, you know their polling must be bad if now you have two Democrats in the California legislature, two of the top Democrats, who are have written up some kind of bill to take on retail theft, the smash and grab variety. Uh, the Assembly Speaker, Robert Rivas, and then the assembly member Rick Chavez Burr, Z-B-U-R. Zbur? Uh, he's chairman of the Select Committee on Retail Theft. I love how they have a special committee to combat something that they claim wasn't going on. Now crime is going down. Well, not retail theft. Uh-uh. Well, let's get Blake Trolley on because he covered this story today. Maybe he could explain uh, what this is about if this is a real thing. 
Blake, how yeah, are you? John, so I'm good. So a couple of months ago, I had asked Governor Newsom when he was in L.A. what he would like to see out of the Assembly Retail Theft Committee. He told me he would leave that to the legislature. Then shortly after, the governor urged lawmakers to enact a series of laws. And this beer, a bill appears to show that lawmakers are falling in line with at least some of those proposals, which will make Newsom's very real, very regular trips to Target safer. This bill creates a new crime targeting professional retail thefts. Possession of stolen property with intent to sell under this bill would carry a three-year and up to three-year prison term. Now, the bill specifies that intent could mean repeated stealing, also having a quantity of stolen goods that is above personal use. The bill allows the value of several smaller thefts to be added up for grand theft. Online sellers will be required to show records that the things they are selling are legitimate and are not stolen. And one thing, and this could bite a lot of people on the criminal reform side, large retailers will be required to report theft data. Uh, police will be able to arrest based on witnesses and surveillance video. This is something that we have been told is a real struggle for law enforcement agencies is that they actually have to witness theft. Oh, no. uh, and this is why you see those sting operations pull officers off the streets. So how did, uh, you, you blipped out briefly there. So uh, the, the, the old law was that the cops had to witness theft. So how does it change here? Under the current laws, police have to witness the theft themselves to be able to arrest on it. Now they'll be able to arrest based on witness testimony. This would probably be store workers, also <laughs> surveillance video. You know, I didn't even know that. You mean the police never arrested people that, that, that stole unless they stole right in front of the cop? I believe all they would be able to do is cite under the current laws. They actually, if they're to actually take somebody into custody, they have to witness it. And that's why you see those undercover sting operations a lot uh, around the okay. holidays. Okay, so this goes after the, uh, the organized retail theft that leads to the smash and grabs. The, right, right. When you, when you go steal stuff, maybe you steal stuff with uh, 20 of your thieving buddies and you all return the items to uh, central headquarters where they're fenced and then uh, sold elsewhere. Uh, exactly, yeah. This is, this is taking a direct aim at the people who are stealing to resell. Right, because I'm, I'm, so this is just, it, it's, it's, it's written to deal with a narrow set of circumstances here. This is not going to stop the everyday garden variety retail theft where a local guy walks in and steals a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff for himself. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how much teeth it has in for just everyday shoplifting. I mean, one of the things one of the lawmakers said yesterday during this press conference was that a lot of the teeth are for more of the organized retail theft and that they would have more diversion-based programs and resources diversion. for people who are shoplifting okay. to make a living, essentially. Okay, so what are the penalties here? Let's say they, they, they nab... Uh, uh, ten guys, right? And they 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 stormed into a Nordstrom's and they're stealing all of uh, Deborah's handbags and shoes and things. Uh, and they get caught. They're on video. The whole thing. Are they actually going to go to prison? I think a lot of this would depend on what they actually did, if this was a smash and grab or not. But let's say this was a large-scale operation. Uh, one thing that we do know under this bill is that if they hit multiple stores, I guess they might add up some of the out, uh, the value items to get to a uh, a grand theft charge. If they are just caught possessing stolen items with the intent to resell them. So this is that they have the items now that they stole from the store. Maybe they're trying to sell those online. Under this bill, they face up to three years in prison. But we know, John, that one of the big questions or one of the big concerns about any of this 
any of this criminal reform is that there just isn't the local county jail capacity to well, house people right. that are committing these crimes. So, so while they might be sentenced with three years in prison, how much will they actually serve? Right. That's tough to say. So are these going to be felonies? Because three years in prison sounds like a felony offense. And if it's yeah, a felony it, offense, they should go to state prison. Yeah, so I'm still reading through the bill. Actually, I just got a copy of the bill recently, so I'm still trying to figure out yeah. if they're going to state prison no. or if they're going to a local county jail. Because this oh, is Newsom and the Democratic legislators, uh, you know, my first instinct is they're doing something cosmetic that has all kinds of loopholes and off ramps. And at the end of it all, hardly anybody's really going to go to prison for three years. And so that's what, what I want to I want to uh, I, I realize this story just came out today and it's got to be read through and maybe next week we'll get somebody on who's uh, a legal expert on on this and can locate the, the flaws and the loopholes and the uh, double talk. Well, the bill was, yeah, the bill was introduced actually just today. Uh, they did a press conference on it yesterday. I believe it was introduced just today. And within minutes, I mean, we're talking a few minutes of me coming on the air with you. I had the bill sent to me, so I can forward that over to you, John, and we can both yeah. kind of look through it. One thing I, I do want to point out here. So this bill was introduced by Assembly Speaker Robert Rivas and Assemblyman Rick Chavez Zabur. And one thing that seemed to be important to both of these lawmakers was that the bill was not an overcorrection. Uh, one of the places where this became obvious was who was apparently at the table to give input on this bill. Here's Assemblyman Chavez Zabur on that. After the Retail Theft Committee was formed, my office and I engaged in months of extensive dialogue with a wide range of stakeholders, including criminal justice reform advocates, oh. um, many of the major retailers, small businesses, grocers, unions representing workers, public defenders, district attorneys, police, city attorneys, and online retailers, and many more. As we considered suggestions, we viewed them through the lens the speaker asked us to use, namely with the goal of advancing balanced, effective, and meaningful solutions that address this problem, and at the same time, preserving criminal justice reforms that have been ah. effective at keeping our communities safe. But no, they haven't! No, they I haven't, or you wouldn't be writing and passing this bill! There would be no need for this bill if your stupid ideas worked, and you don't care if they work. You just want to let all the prisoners out. That's what you want to do. You think jail and prison are illegitimate. You think police forces are illegitimate. That is a load of crap. So we're going to have to read through this bill, John, yeah, to see exactly do. what's in the fine print. I'll uh, I'll forward that over to you, and now, maybe yeah, next week now, we can I'm, break down some of the more finer print details of this. I'm way more than suspicious. I don't know what the <laughs> next word is to describe how I'm feeling, but... Uh, um, I'm more than just a little skeptical of this. All right. All right, Blake. Thanks very much. All right. We, thanks, John. We will look at this and go through it. Oh, oh, he had to say a prayer to Prop 47. He had to say a prayer to justice reform. It's a load of garbage. All they've done is release prisoners, and those released prisoners have stolen a lot of stuff and hurt a lot of people. That's all they've accomplished. So so this is, this is why you need Prop uh, 47 repealed, revised, rewritten. All right. I mean, even for God's sakes, even the mayor of San Francisco and the mayor of San Jose and th those two are, are, are big progressives and they are on board to repeal Prop 47. The, the thing the thing is that uh, was it Revis in here who said it? What, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Revis. He's a House speaker. I'm most interested in getting it right. We know this is a problem. We don't want to have a knee jerk reaction and blame Prop 47. No, it is Prop 47. We didn't have these issues 10 years ago. Stop it. God, all they did was lie. What is the modern term for it? Gaslighting?
It's just lying. If you say, if you repeat a lie often enough, your your defenses break down. Your your brain is primed to believe things. I got to take a break. We got money to give away coming up in minutes. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. All right. Uh, well, as, as uh, Blake Trolley said, they, they, they just... Uh, made the bill public a few minutes ago, right before he came on the air. So I haven't seen it yet, but uh, we'll certainly see it by Monday and, and see this thing that they have uh, written up. It's the assembly speaker, Robert Rivas. He's a Democrat. So is uh, Rick Zaber. Uh, he's uh, from Los Angeles and they want to go after professional retail thieves, uh, the smash and grab variety. Um, and they're creating a new crime with a penalty up to three years in prison for possession of stolen property with intent to sell. Now, intent to sell is a tough uh, is a tough sell in court. So they can use repeated offenses or possessing a large amount of goods that is inconsistent with personal use. That sounds vague. I'm just looking for all the vague phrases that they use today and wondering if that's in the actual bill. Um, they can add up the value of thefts, thefts from different retailers, so you can get grand theft. If you sell this uh, stuff online, you have to maintain records to show that you obtain the goods legally. Of course, a lot of those websites, uh, well, on eBay, right? They're like pop-ups. You know, you get a big shipment of stolen goods in, you quickly sell them on eBay, then you close up. I didn't know that the police could only arrest a shoplifter if the police saw it with their own eyeballs. I had no idea. And they're going to they're gonna fix that. It can be based on a witness's sworn statement or video footage. And then the then intervention. It says here, courts can refer some shoplifters to alternative programs. No, I want to ban the phrase alternative programs. All I want is here, all I want to hear is jail or prison. County jail, state prison depending on the severity of the crime. Stop with your alternative nonsense, your rehabilitative nonsense. None of that works. Obviously, none of it has worked. So just build more jails and more prisons, which is what they do in uh, normal states and normal countries. Well, I tell you, I don't, I, I, you, you ever notice sometimes if, if you follow the news or politics or anything, it seems you wake up on a, one morning and suddenly everybody is, is using the same talking points, the same inside phrases, code words, right? I, I'm convinced that that somehow the Democratic Party in California got hold of a re, some really bad polling numbers, because now even the mayor of Berkeley, and this guy is super woke. His name is Jesse Araguin, and he has helped destroy Berkeley. In fact, he got in to office in 2020, and he chopped 10 million dollars from the police budget. He wrote this in July 2020 in the San Francisco Chronicle. In Berkeley, my colleagues and I defunded $9,251,458 from Berkeley Police Department, or 12% of the agency's annual operating budget. He's praising the George Floyd riots and awakened America's collective consciousness to the systemic racism that pervades our society, blah, 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 blah. But now, four years later... He is leading the charge for law and order. 
He held a press conference this week forming a task force to address all the lawlessness in Berkeley and other nearby cities. The perpetrators of crime aren't constrained by jurisdictional lines. They don't stop when they get to a city's borders. That means we cannot stay siloed. We have to work across jurisdictions. They're teaming up to cut down on crime. This is after he took, took away 12% of the city's police budget because the police were all racists. The whole system was racist. And then crime exploded in Berkeley. And now he's standing there with his pants down. Oh, and he's also running for state senate. And you know they're adopting th these, these poses just for the next eight months. They're going to have this belief system from here to the uh, first Tuesday of November. And then they're never going to bring it up again. Here's a businessman in downtown Berkeley. A little late now, isn't it? You bash cops, cut funds, now you want to address it? It's hilarious. This area was not like this five years ago. The business owners have had it. Downtown Berkeley, entire blocks are now closed for lease signs everywhere. You see it all every day, said the merchant. Homelessness, violence, people pooping in the street. It's the norm now. Jesse Aragon destroyed Berkeley. Now he's running for state senate. And now he's a born-again crime fighter. These people are disgusting. Disgusting. And, and shame on all the morons who voted for him to begin with. He's this uh, pudgy little weasel. What do you think was going to happen? You cut almost $10 million out of the police budget. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think good things are going to happen? What a wave of mass insanity. Absolute mass insanity. When we come back, Channel 4 reporter Alex Rozier, he went inside that vacant tower in downtown L.A., the one that was all graffitied over, the one where people are uh, jumping off the top and paragliding. What do you think it looks like inside? Here, play his story. And uh, we're also going to uh, talk about Rick Caruso's reaction because he, he's, he's obviously disgusted by this. Karen Bass doing a hell of a job. That was another good decision. She had to go in the Hall of Fame with this Berkeley mayor. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM640. We're on the radio one until four, and then after four o'clock, John Cobelt show on demand. And we have two rounds of the moist line, two rounds of the moist line coming up in the three o'clock hour. And the final thousand dollars that we'll be giving away, Tim will have uh, two rounds of uh, a giveaway, and then uh, we're done for now. Today's the last day to play the contest and win a thousand dollars. That'll be coming up about three twenty, and we'll have Bill Asaley on just after three o'clock because. Uh, a couple of Republican assemblymen have introduced a bill uh, that is going to uh, go after the homeless problem, but it's not going to be housing first because that's a failure. And Bill's going to explain this idea. Um, it looks like that uh, that graffiti tower in downtown L.A. is going to become the uh, symbol of the the decay and lawlessness of the Eric Garcetti, Karen Bass era. Uh, it's it's getting a lot of attention because it's so spectacular, as I told you. It actually was in the backdrop of the uh, Grammy Awards shot when uh, Trevor Noah, the MC, introduced the awards show, and he was standing um, on a balcony, and behind him you could see the graffiti tower. And it turns out this is a story five years in the making and now everybody's scrambling to cover their ass. You may have seen this tower, you know, with, with, with many, many floors of ugly graffiti on it. No, no, it's artwork. No, it's ugly graffiti. That's what it is. Don't be a moron. You wouldn't do this on your house. And, 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 and now, and, and, and it was never guarded. It was never secured by the city. Uh, the Chinese company, the guy who owned the company... Uh, was indicted with Jose Weizar on bribery and fraud charges. Weizar is going to prison, and the guy, the the CEO, uh, he fled back to China. And that's what's made this hysterical, because some politicians are shaking their fists, saying, we're going to send the owner the bill. Well, we'll explain something about that in a moment. But first, NBC4 reporter Alex Rozier, he's got a report on the graffiti building, uh, he went inside to take a look at the condition indoors. So roll cut one. L.A. Councilmember Kevin DeLeon's team shot this video Thursday morning as they toured the Oceanwide Plaza development. It's unlike anything I've ever seen before. They looked around the three graffiti-filled towers alongside several city departments trying to determine how they will secure the perimeter. I don't want folks out there 
base jumping. I don't want folks out there slipping and falling. The city's given the owner oceanwide until the 17th to clean up the site and secure it. Otherwise, the city will do it and send oceanwide the bill. They understand what their role and responsibility is. Um, so they're going to take care of it? No, I, I can't speak for them. Right now, LAPD is surrounding the project 24-7, a project that was halted in 2019 and was supposed to be condos, a hotel, and mall. But now LAPD Sergeant Gordon Helper says it's been destroyed by graffiti. There was a canvas for everybody. Sergeant Helper also toured the site today. It reminds me a lot of what happened in, you know, with Chernobyl. It just looks like it's been vacant for a lot of, long time. There's a lot of vandalism in the stairwells. There's a lot of paint and vandalism inside the rooms. There are some built-out rooms in there, and there's, it's destroyed. In a bit of good news, the sergeant said Oceanwide hired a private contractor to test security sensors. That would alert them if anyone is ever on the property. But that may be just the first step in what will likely be a long and graffiti-filled journey in downtown Los Angeles. So tomorrow, the L.A. City Council is going to discuss what it may cost to clean up and to secure the site. Then on Saturday, that's the deadline for Oceanwide to come in and get to work here. Bottom line, this story is not going away anytime soon. You know what was missing in that report on Channel 4? Oceanwide is bankrupt. There's been a massive real estate market crash in China. This crash uh, brought down hundreds of billions of dollars in value. Hundreds of billions of U.S. dollars evaporated, disappeared in the crash. It took down Evergrande. That's China's largest real, real estate developer. It's bankrupt. Oceanwide is bankrupt. And that tool, Kevin DeLeon, is standing there beating his chest. Well, we're going to send him the bill. I'm not going to pay your bill. They have no money to pay the bill. By the way, this company got this deal through, most likely with DeLeon's predecessor, the criminal Jose Huizar, who has taken bribes from another Chinese developer. He was taking hookers from it. And gambling trip chips and cash and airplane rides and hotel rooms and casino jaunts and hookers. So Weezar traded uh, development approval for hookers. And this was another company. I don't know if anything bad happened between Ocean View and Weezar. But it was the same time period. It was the same country. And look at this. Oceanwide abandoned it five years ago. And the city under Garcetti and Karen Bass did nothing about it. Nothing about it. And the criminals and vagrants and uh, graffiti artists have been running around like crazy ever since. You know what the best story on this? Is actually the Hollywood Reporter. And they interviewed... A graffiti, a graffiti videographer. Here's a guy going places. He takes videos of graffiti sites, and his name is Street Graph. Get it? And Street Graph documented the whole graffiti operation that created that mess. 
And he said, we went in as knights of night, all dark black clothing, heavy backpacks full of spray cans. Now it stands as a representation of our beautiful graph community. The guy can't even finish the word graffiti. It's graph. And, he, and, he, and he's proud of this. Good culture. Uh, now, nobody knows what they're going to do with the towers. Can they be turned into public housing? Hollywood Reporter asks. Well, no, if you heard, because it would cost billions of dollars to turn it into affordable housing. These were set up as luxury condos at a hotel. Not so easy to do this. And in Los Angeles, all kinds of construction, retrofitting, is extremely expensive. And you have to pay bribes to the city council. And you have to pay bribes to all the agencies that give out the permits. Rick Caruso, who lost to Karen Bass because she would have made a much better mayor, people thought. And he says this goes to the depth of foolishness on the leadership of the city. Maybe it's because none of them have ever been in business. Who are they going to send the bill to? Well, Kevin, Kevin DeLeon's going to send it to a bankrupt Chinese company whose CEO fled overseas to avoid prison time here in America. He was supposed to be Jose Huizar's cellmate. Meantime, thugs and criminals are practically living inside the towers for God knows how long. And nobody in the city did anything about it. Five years, it's been standing there vacant. Now it's going to cost taxpayers millions of dollars. Unless the guy who runs Oceanwide pays the bill. The way Kevin DeLeon is demanding. More coming up. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. Bill Asaley is going to come on with us. Uh, he's the... Uh, Assemblyman out in the Inland Empire, uh, because two Republicans uh, have uh, an assembly bill that would actually have a direct impact on all the homelessness out there because it would get rid of this stupid housing first idea. The housing first philosophy, which is uh, driven, which is driven uh, California's response to homelessness is a complete failure. And by the way, the reason it exists is not because they really think housing first is a successful way to deal with homelessness. It's because it gets to enrich all the uh, all the real estate developers who are going to build these million dollar apartments for the vagrants. Remember, these vagrant these 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 homeless apartments are going for up to a million dollars. Well, that's huge profit for the real estate developers. And that's why the corrupt Assembly and State Senate and the corrupt governor pushed this. You know, a lot of the stuff they say doesn't make sense, and they know it doesn't make sense. It's not meant to. It's meant to be a cover story to distract you from what's really going on is they're enriching their campaign donors. And I'm sure there's kickbacks and bribes involved. It's it. You, you think you think L.A. is the only city in California where the politicians are on the take? Of course not. L.A.'s just perfected it. Now, the antidote to this would be the media covering it all the time, but nobody does. Instead, they get infatuated with like, yes, housing first. That's the appropriate solution. You dumb cluck. 
It's a scam. It's a real estate developer scam. Uh, all right, here's here's another thing. We've told you well, it, about, remember Cal Fart Lara? Cal Fart Lara. He was a Northern California legislator, real name Ricardo Lara. And he became famous because I, I think he uh, passed a bill uh, or he, he was pushing a bill that would require farmers to put these large devices on the back of cows. So they would stick a tube up the cow's rear end. And when the cow farted, I am not making this up. You go look it up. When the cow farted, the fart gas would go into the through the tube and into the box on top of the cow's back. And he thought this was the greatest environmental breakthrough that was going to end global warming. So, of course, the dumb clucks that live here in California elected him insurance commissioner. You imagine that? His qualification was a cow fart machine. And he, he becomes insurance commissioner. Well, in case you didn't notice, the insurance industry is in total chaos because of his policies. And I'll explain here what's going on. Allstate is one of the big auto insurers in California. But recently, they had pulled all their business out. Um, the company would not sell any insurance through its website or phone service to anybody in California last year. And California's government now begged and pleaded to come back. And Allstate said, well, yeah, but you have to let us raise rates. So the rates are going up on average 30%. But that's only an average. At the high end, the rates could go up as much as 55%. Most policyholders will see it go up 25 to 45%. Here's what happened. During the COVID-19 pandemic, when the uh, Soviets and our state government were shutting down all the businesses and shutting down our lives, Calfart Lara, the new insurance commissioner, ordered the auto insurers to refund customers for their payments during March, April, and May. He was saying, hey, nobody can drive around. Why should they be paying for, for insurance? And he ordered the companies to do it. So companies had to refund $2.5 billion in premiums. And Calfart Lara stopped approving the rate increases. So during the last two years, inflation has surged. They lost $2.5 billion during the COVID lockdown. And the Department of Insurance wouldn't approve any new rate increases. So all states said, the hell with this state. We're getting out. And Calfart Lara went, what? You're getting out? Yes, you moron. We're getting out. And they stayed out for much of last year. And finally, uh, you, some people may have noticed it's, I mean, I mean, a lot of insurance companies lost on their auto policies because it didn't just affect State Farm. State Farm was, had, had the balls to, to say the hell with this. So... All the companies are losing on their auto policies. I mean, can you imagine stupid Calfart Lara? You want to, first of all, everybody did drive during the lockdown. Maybe not as much, but they did drive. But this is what a communist-oriented philosophy produces.
say insurance companies are bad because they make profits. Profits are bad, so you punish them. Um, so a lot of insurers uh, lost in 2022, and uh, State Farms subsidiary paid out 92% of all the premiums it brought in to cover claims, which added up to a net loss because not only did they pay out 92% of the premiums for the claims, but then there's agent salaries, there's marketing, there's other overhead costs. So State Farm, all state paid out 90% of its premiums. Worst year on record for California auto insurance companies, 2022. They have records that go back to 1991. Worst year ever because of Cal Fart Lara. So now the rates are being jacked up. State Farm raised at 21%. Geico raising them at 13%. And this happened in the other communist states as well, like New York and New Jersey. All because of one guy. And the only reason he became insurance commissioner is he got name recognition for trying to collect cow farts to stop global warming. I am not making this up. This is California. These are your neighbors. These are your friends and neighbors and family voting for these people. All right, we come back. Bill of Sailing. Suddenly, a lot of legislators have discovered that there's a uh, not only a uh, crime wave, but massive homelessness. Uh, and, and the worst approach to homelessness is housing first. And that's really a scam. Housing first means there's big money going to housing developers, uh, the, the construction industry. Uh, we've got two Republicans who have a bill that it would get rid of housing first because it is a racket. Um, we're going to talk to Bill Asaley, and he's going to explain this bill. And if uh, Bill's got time for us, I'm just going to ask him whether this other bill to go after retail theft that was announced today, if it's worth anything. Because there's a lot of scrambling going on in Sacramento. It's election season, and everybody's pissed off at them. But are people going to vote differently? That would change everything. You want to change it? Just vote differently. It's not even about switching parties. It's about not voting for progressives. Vote for normal people. Deborah Mark live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM 640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.